Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, and I'm joined for this big fight preview by Chris Wardrobe from the British and Irish Boxing Authority and a huge boxing fan and avid historian himself. Chris, it's great to have you on. It's two weeks in the row now that we've got you back on for this show. And I'm, I'm always happy when you come on because, you've, like I said on Twitter, you are like a fountain of knowledge. Like You, you make up for my sort of shortcomings when it comes down to, to, to knowledge. So where I fall down, you pick it back up. And, and you know, we, we do make a good team when it comes down to doing these shows. And uh, it's, it's always great to have your voice and your opinion on some of these huge fights that are happening. And nonetheless, we've got a pretty decent fight going on this weekend with... Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara, and I'm excited for it. Chris, what are you? What are your initial yeah. thoughts about it? I am hugely excited for it. You know, I think it's one of those fights that when it was announced, you kind of, as a boxing fan, first and foremost, you kind of went, really? That, that, that's where they're taking Lee Wood? But then you took a, a step back and you thought, yeah, that is exactly where they're taking Lee Wood because that is the mark of the man. You know, I, I think in Lee Wood, what we've got is, is, a, is a fighter here in our shores who literally would fight anybody. You know, you, you put someone in front of Lee Wood and I am sure he would fight them regardless of height, weight, range of age you know is just a born fighter you know and uh, you know Lee Wood I was probably late to the party with with being a, a Lee Wood fan and uh, you know I just love his attitude so to, to take on Bronco Lara you know the man who we know from you know his two fights with Josh Warrington and and actually do it and come into you know another big fight in Nottingham yeah hats off to both of them you know so really excited for it 
you know so so you know what what about you do you do you see it as a as a, a style that's going to blend well do you see it as a fight that's going to be a boxing match or do you see it as just a tear up it's a really good fight this chris honestly like i i am genuinely excited for this fight and any fight that now involves Lee Wood, I start to think, since his fight with Michael Conlon and Kanzu in the past two years, I'm, I'm genuinely expectant of a really, really entertaining Lee Wood fight. And I don't think this is going to be any different. Like, I feel like Lee Wood is, is now like... And it's going to be a huge comparison to make when I make this comparison. And people are going to go, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> But I see the same heart and determination and resilience in Lee Wood that I saw in Carl Froch as a fighter. And nice. I'm not I'm not saying Lee Wood is Carl Froch or he's anywhere near Carl Froch or whatever. What I'm saying is I see the same attributes in him as what I saw in Carl Froch. And ironically, they're both from the same place in Nottingham. Uh, yeah. Maybe they just breed him differently there. But Lee Wood is certainly, <laughs> certainly the guy that has, has come... Not seemingly out of nowhere, but he's he's sort of really elevated himself up to this level in a very quick space of time, in a very a very short space of time, because of the fact that you look at his career and you know in 2020 he was in that golden contract tournament that MTK put on, and he loses to James Jazza Dickens by majority decision. So you think, okay, he's maybe he's not good enough to to become a world champion and, and quite honestly at that point if you would have asked me that question I probably would have said yeah maybe he'll be sort of European level but within the space of what three fights he's been able to elevate himself not only to a champion in the division but also to a guy who has gone on to be looked at as one of the best in the division so yeah, yeah. To, to go yeah. from one 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 sort of extreme to another for me, is is quite some feat in the space of three fights. So the three fights I'm referring to is his comeback fight against Reese Mould, straight out of the frying pan into the fire for the vacant British featherweight title. He won it in nine rounds, TKO. Kanzu, exciting fight, beats him in the last round. Michael Conlon beats him in the last round. I mean, do, do you expect this Mauricio Lara fight to go any anywhere past six, seven rounds? Or will it be another dramatic fight? Because... I've got a sneaking suspicion that maybe we're in for a barnstormer here. I think so. You know, and, and I was saying to you just before we started, you know, this has been one of the favourite episodes which I've done where I've actually done my research and looked at both fighters again. And, you know, I've just enjoyed watching them again. And, you know, but again, our job is to have a look at the fight and, and kind of break it down. And what do we actually see here? One of the things which I've noticed as I watch Maurizio Lara is you know, what Maurizio Lara is actually going to turn up on Saturday, you know, and, and what, why I say that, when I watch the first Josh Warrington fight, you know, and, you know, you know me, Josh Warrington is one of my favourite fighters of all time. I just absolutely love Josh Warrington. I knew in round one that Lara had hurt Warrington probably before most people because I just know what Josh is like and I've seen it and I remember actually just saying to myself, he's hurt him, I'm, I'm, he's hurt him. Watching that fight again over the course of the weekend, one thing which Lara did not do in that whole fight was throw any jabs. He just came in against Warrington and it was a lead left hook, lead right hook. But Lara's favourite punch from that fight was his left hand. 
he doubles it up to the body, he then comes up to the head, then he goes back down to the body. There's times when Lara throws three, four, five shots with a left hand in a row. So, you know, it's all wild in the Josh Warrington first fight. You know, his footwork's all over the place. But then again, Josh Warrington, even though he's badly hurt, in round five of that first fight, comes back and absolutely stings Lara. And you're thinking, you know, now as we think back and understand how badly hurt Josh Warrington was, how did Josh Warrington manage to stand up to Lara? Is he a big banger, as everybody says? How did he come back when he was so hurt and actually nearly take Lara himself? Because Lara was nearly hurt and taken out in one of the rounds. But then he gets back on top of Warrington and it's all lead hooks and it's all uppercuts. Who leads with a left uppercut? Absolutely crazy. But that's what Lara was like in the first fight. So then we move to the second Josh Warrington fight and then we look to the other fights which Lara has, has actually had since then. And, and one of the main fights which I'm talking about is when he fought a guy called Emilio Sanchez. Lara comes out and he starts to try and box in these fights. All of a sudden in the second Josh Warrington fight, his defence is high. He starts to throw jabs. He starts to throw punches, which he never even threw in the first fight. And I'm thinking, is this the style that you really want to, to actually adopt against Josh Warrington? It was almost Lara that was trying to be the boxer in the second fight. And he brought that into the fight against Sanchez, which then eventually turned into a war with both of them, you know, really badly hurt in the third round. So, so for me, it's which Lara is actually going to turn up on Saturday. When he starts to throw punches and when he goes really wild with his hooks, he almost stays in the pocket a little bit too long as well. And his head's quite up upright. And, and, and I think when he fought Sanchez, he was really, really open for the uppercut. And, and I think if you stand in the pocket and admire your work with someone like Lee Wood, who's heavy-handed, you're going to actually come up against it at one point. You know, and, and, and for me, again, as much as I've just talked about Lara there, what Lee Wood are we going to get? He's a notoriously slow starter. And we've seen that against Conlon. You know, what did you think, Sean, when Lee Wood went down in the first round against Conlon? Did you think he was going to get up? Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I was a bit sort of in two minds as to whether he was going to get up. It seemed quite heavy, really, when you look at it again in hindsight. And you think, oh, you know, but you can't, you can't sort of like predict how that person's head is at the time. It's hard. It looks like a really bad knockdown, but ultimately he gets up and he, he his powers of recovery and his resilience, as I was saying before, a second to none. And I think that's what's yeah. going to really see him through this fight. Ultimately, is he's got a guy coming at him who, as you say, is predictable. He can be predictable, and I think if, mm. if they've, which they'll have done their homework on Lara, and I think they'll have seen moments like you've just mentioned there against Emilio Sanchez, where he's leaving himself open inside yeah. for an uppercut. And I think if Lee Wood can exploit that, and he and he comes out looking to take Lee Wood out earlier because he's a slow starter, then maybe he could be countered and counted hard, and maybe we could mm -hmm. see something of a very short fight between the two of them. However, with Lee Wood, I think he's got not just the ability to hurt a fighter, but he's got the ability to outbox a fighter and make it an easy fight. And yeah. I think he could make this a relatively easy fight if he uses his advantages in the fight. But I just don't know how long <laughs> he's going to be able to maintain that plan 
before he gets tagged and then he goes into that mode of wanting to get involved and getting close in and fighting and rather than sort of sticking to the boxing it'll be inside fighting and it'll be really who lands and who's got the best punch resistance and most resilience to be able to see this through over the line and I think that's kind of how this fight's eventually going to play out I think it will I'd like to think it's going to start out tentative. Um, and I think maybe Lee Wood will try to assess what type of Lara is coming into the ring. And depending upon what we see, will really dependent, be dependent upon what Lee Wood then tries to adopt in it. I think it's definitely going to be a fight where there's definitely going to be some moments where they're going to have to both adapt to how the other is fighting to be able to get the success yeah. they need to win the fight. It is yeah. really going to be an interesting fight because we all we all look at it from the outset and think, yeah, this is going to be a, an absolute barnstormer. There's going to be probably a, a, a knockout at some point down the line, but how quickly is it going to come or is it going to come late again? But I could see it being a little bit more of a chess match initially before we sort of get to that point where I think it will turn into that sort of a slugfest but I think there will be moments where maybe it, it won't be that. So I'm kind yeah. of sort of I'm kind of sort of sat on the fence a little bit uh, where I think part of me wants to say it'll be an absolute barnstormer, but the other side of me thinks actually it's not going to be as as sort of a foregone conclusion that that Lee Wood will do that and he'll actually yeah. use his ability and he will actually make it a bit easier for himself. How how do you think this fight is going to play out, Chris? I can, you know, one one of the things that I always kind of say is I think I've got a good ability to, to read a fight and see it in my head beforehand. I can see this fight playing out in both ways. You know, I, I could actually see it coming out and being Hagler Hearns in the first round. You know, you could actually see Lara and Wood just standing head on and just going for it and knocking seven bells out of each other. You know, and, and if that happened in the first round, it wouldn't surprise me. But like you just said, Sean, as well, if they came out and were very tentative and actually looked for openings, you know, and, and we had a very quiet first round as well, again, I could I can actually see that as well. But ultimately, when the fight was announced, I thought to myself, I can see Wood going down. And that's one thing which he, he has done in the past. He has went down and he has been hurt. But the resilience of him, the way that he came back from the continued Conlon bodywork, the way that he just continued to press forward and 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 just bide his time, I think ultimately that that dogged determination and as you say that kind of Carol Froch in him is is what will actually win the fight. Because the other thing which we've got to remember is when um, Lara fought Emilio Sanchez, at one point in the third round he falls down. And he looks to the referee and he's looking for the referee to help him up. And I thought to myself when I watched the fight, it was on a matchroom card, if you recall. I remember watching it at the time thinking, is Lara looking for an excuse here to get out? You know, and and it came so quickly after the Josh Warrington fight as well. You know, you're kind of thinking, does he have, you know, really the mental fortitude to actually be on the other end of the punches? So for me, if, if, if I was a kind of betting man here, I can see Wood maybe going down once early rounds, maybe between one and three, but coming back to grind out a stoppage win about eight. And and that's what I'm going to go for is my prediction, is 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 Lee Wood to actually do that. And I think with Ben Davison, he's got someone in his corner who calms him down. You know, I think Lee Wood loves a tear up, but I think he listens to Ben Davison and they've got that great one on one relationship. You know, I think when Lee Wood's career turned around is when he left Ingle Gym and got someone who focused on him one-on-one and brought complete self-belief to him. 
and, and and I think that's what's going to be needed in a fight like this. So you know, I think for Lee Wood, he will get tagged. He will stand there straight in front of Lara because that's what he does. He's not the fastest on his feet, and sometimes his punches do look a little bit laboured. But he will actually, I think, get to Lara, who, if he actually watches his feet when he throws his punches, squares up. And I think that that could be key, ultimately, to actually getting the the the, the victory here, is if Lee Wood actually just starts to push him back, starts to actually make Lara's feet tired, starts to make his body tired, pushes down on his shoulders. That is really, really draining for a fighter. If Lee Wood roughs Lara up, that's how I see him. I'm getting to him, and that's how I see him maybe getting on top of him by about round eight. Well, it's a really good assessment of how you think the fight's going to play out. And, you know, listening to it there, anyone you'd think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was actually really good. Uh, I really enjoyed sort of hearing what you had to say there. And, you know, whilst listening to that, I'm wondering, like, how do I think this is going to play out? And I hate sort of sometimes giving, like, predictions because sometimes people kind of hold you to them a little bit like when we do yeah. these when we do these shows like we always say we're not we're not paid to be boxing experts and, and ultimately we are fans that love the sport that know maybe a little bit more than the average fan does about the sport and hence why we do the podcast but I want to give predictions I, I don't sit here to sort of say I'm a prediction specialist because sometimes I could say Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You know, this is going to play out the way it is. And uh, we're absolutely right on the money. And it happens from time to time. But then sometimes the fights just go completely the opposite way. And that is just dependent upon how these fights go. And, and like this one in particular is one where ultimately I think... Lee Wood's got the ability to make this an easier fight, but I can't see him making it an easier fight because he loves a tear-up. And I can see yeah. this being a tear-up. I can see these two guys getting at it at some point down the line of this fight. And when that happens, I think all game plans start to go out of the window and it is just going to be all about heart, determination, and resilience that will win one of the fighters this fight. If I'm looking at predictions for this fight, and I think like who do I really see winning it? Like who can I, 
who can I see ultimately with their hand raised on Saturday night? I'd like to say that Lee Wood's going to do it, but I've got this horrible feeling that Mauricio Lara's going to come over here and he's going to cause an upset and he's going to win the WBA World Featherweight title. I'd love him not to because I'd love to see Lee Wood continue on because he's he's becoming a, a right good success story at the moment here in the UK. But I've just got this awful feeling that Mauricio Lara is going to tag him. And once he gets him and he has him on wobbly legs, I think he's... The one thing we've seen about Lara, he's a good finisher, a very good finisher. And I think he if he has... Yeah, I think if he has him in trouble... I think even with that resilience and that determination, Lee Wood does have to come back. I could see, I could see Lara beating him this weekend, and yeah. I hate to say yeah. it, I do, I hate to say it, but I've got to be honest, and as, as that's how I see the fight playing out, I think Mauricio, I think Mauricio Lara does beat Lee Wood this weekend and wins the WBA yeah. featherweight title. Uh, as much I can say, as much as I'd say, I don't want him to because I'd love to see <laughs> Lee Wood win. I've got to be honest, that's just how I see it. So. If anybody out there's got the same opinion as me, then please holler at me because I'm telling you now, I've just got this awful feeling that all the Lee Wood fans in the UK and all the fans that are going to be there at the Nottingham Arena uh, are going to be left disappointed because I think Mauricio Lara's coming here to cause another big stir like he did against Warrington. But there's a couple of things which, again, you know, we, 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 we've been remiss if we don't actually bring up. Lee Wood's not fought since last March. You know, in that time, Lara's fought twice. So who's more active? You know, you, you've got the Lara factor. The other factor which goes in Lara's favour, this is something you don't necessarily see in a lot of fighters. He's got power in both hands. You know, yeah, everybody's got an equal distribution of power usually. But when you look at Lara and, and his last fight against uh, Sam Martin, he finished it with the right. When you look at him against Warrington, it was lefts that ultimately finished Josh Warrington. You know, so here's a guy with genuine, genuine power in both hands. You know. When you look at the fight and you break it down as well, they're both five foot seven. They've both got a 67 inch reach. You know, they're, they're both almost got identical records. You know, uh, Lee Wood is uh, 26 and two, Lara is 25 two and one. You know, everything is set here for this to be a, an absolute barnstormer. You know, so, you know, I think it's great that both of us have got different opinions on this one because, you know, that is what we want to see in boxing, isn't it? We want to see fights which are, are actually 50-50, you know. So here we've got a 50-50 fight, you know. One of the big things, as I say, which we've got to got to remember is just the inactivity we would, you know, and, and it has been inactive. There's been a lot of messing around by the WBA. He's had a couple of injury issues as well, you know. So again, you know, have they got him into tip-top shape? Is he going to be in tip-top shape? He always does come into the ring well, but when you've been off at the lighter weights for a year, you will put weight on, more difficult to take it off. You know, can he can, can he actually withstand punches of Lara if he's a little bit weight-drained? You know, these are things which we just won't know until we see them on the scales, you know. And for us, it would be ideal if we did a, a preview on a Thursday night for a big fight or a Friday night and we're, we're closer into it and we can get to see how they are. But, you know, at the moment, we just don't look, know how either of them will look on the scales. Absolutely intriguing contest. Hats off to both guys for taking it. 
So there's our predictions, there's our thoughts, feelings and opinions on the big fight this weekend. But we wouldn't be remiss without mentioning what's happening on the undercard as well. So a fighter that we've been talking about for quite some time is Dalton Smith, the current British super lightweight champion. He's back out on this undercard facing Billy Allington 10-1-4. And, and it feels very much like a fight for Dalton Smith to remain active, uh, to remain out there and I feel very much like this is I hate to say it and I hate to sound disrespectful when I say it but I feel like Billy Allington's there just to kind of make up the numbers a little bit for Dalton Smith in this fight and he's getting a brilliant opportunity mind you but I think Dalton Smith's kind of way ahead where Billy Allington's at in his career and I think Dalton Smith we're expecting him very shortly to move on in his level of opposition but am I just being really underselling of Billy Allington here, Chris? Or is it is it what I say it is? Is it really just keeping him active? It is, for me, one of the worst mismatches of the, the, the year so far. I know we're only into to February, but I can't think in 2023 that we'll actually get a top British prospect, British champion, such as Dalton Smith, someone who people are, are talking about going on to further honours, fighting someone of a calibre of Billy Allington. And, and again, Billy Allington, if you ever listen to this, I'm not disrespecting you. It's boxing's about levels and about timing. And and here we've got someone who has just not even come across anybody with, 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 with a real... Anybody with a, an ounce of Dalton's class. You know, his last fight, he fought a draw against Ben Fields. Ben Fields is 10, 12 and 3. You know, so I don't see how he actually managed to qualify to fight Dalton Smith for the, the, the British Super Lightweight Championship. You know, Dalton Smith is a guy who, along with his his his, his father, you know, uh, is kind of reinventing Sheffield boxing again at the moment. You know, people are excited. We want to see him headlining in his own city. You know, he, he looked absolutely uh, amazing against Samuel Mason and, and uh, Ray Moylet. You know, he looked great. His, his angles, his footwork, the way that he can actually draw people in and make mistakes from them then counter them and punish them when he fought Ray Moylet and at Leeds he was actually really vicious as well you know so he's got a real mean streak again with Samuel Mason mean streak you know put him down in the third round twice in the sixth really punished him so for someone like Billy Allington I just don't get the matchup, Sean. Uh, I really don't. And I think someone's actually, you know, got to see Eddie and the British Boxing Board of Control. Why this fight? It makes no sense. You know, it, it really doesn't. I'd rather see him fight a, a European fighter with a relatively yeah. decent record than I would seeing him fight a guy who I think he's not at the same level as him at the moment. And I look at Bill Air, and I think he's, he's, he's area title level at best. And that, that's yeah. just that's just where I've seen his career. Uh, that I see him at area title level at best and possibly English title. But British title, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch, uh, even by the British board, Boxing Board of Control's imagination here. I think, I, again, I can't fathom what decision-making process has gone on to make this fight. 
Great opportunity for Billy, nonetheless. Great opportunity for him, but he, he is overmatched here. Let's be honest, he is overmatched. Dalton is moving on. He's moving on pretty rapidly. He's got some really good names on his resume on the domestic scene recently. You mentioned Moylet. You mentioned O'Mason. He had the unanimous decision. Close, close fight uh, in some people's eyes against Casey Benjamin in his last fight. So now he's moving forward in his career and, and you're kind of expecting Dalton to maybe move on to European level following this particular fight and start to fight the names that are around him in the division. And you, you, you sort of look, you know, who is around Dalton Smith at the moment? And, you know, there's, there's still some domestic fighters that he hasn't really had the opportunity to tackle yet. And the likes of Robbie Davis Jr. and O'Hara Davis are two names in particular in the division where I feel uh, he could be fighting them very shortly. Lewis Ritson is another name domestically, I think, would be a really good fight for him. And maybe you could even see the Harlem Eubank fight at some point down the line. Both undefeated fighters for the British title. Very interesting fight. That That's where I want to see him. If he, if he stays domestic and he stays facing domestic fighters, but if he moves on and they start taking him down a certain organization's title route, then you want to see him start fighting guys that have got world-level experience or have lost to contenders or champions. That That's the sort of level you want to start seeing him moved on at. This fight yeah. feels a little bit meaningless. Uh, maybe it feels just like... They're just trying to get him his Lord Lonsdale belt outright by uh, by continuing to have fights like this. Because you think about it, he, he won the title against Sam O'Mason and he defended it against Casey Benjamin. And then he's fighting Billy Allenton and defending it again. It feels a little bit like, let's get him his Lord Lonsdale belt outright and then we'll move him on. That's how it feels it to me. It's, it's it's one of those things, you know, let, let's not be too harsh. I'm a huge Dalton Smith fan. I'm a, a huge Grant Smith fan. He's his he's father, you know, and, and, you know, we'll just throw something in the mix. You know, recently someone said to me, who do you think should be Chris Eubank's next trainer? I said uh, Grant Smith, you know, because I, I think what he does with Dalton, Dalton throws punches from weird angles, but he's very much controlled. He, contr- he loves to control the pace of a fight as well. Very similar to Chris Eubank Jr. So, you know, for me, he, Dalton Smith's dad, Grant, would actually be the person I would actually say to Eubank Jr. Ditch Roy Jones and go to someone and, 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 and learn how to box and learn how to actually withstand an attack. And I think that uh, the Smiths family, you know, I've got a great uh, gym there in the Steel City and and they're really good boxing people, love them to bits. And, uh, you know, I hope that Dalton Smith goes on to do great things in boxing. But this fight, sadly, could be a mismatch. And I just hope that Billy Allington comes out of it, gets a good payday and gets uh, out of it safely. So other fights on the card then, Chris, is Gary Culley, 15-0 against Wilfredo Flores, vacant WBA Intercontinental Lightweight Championship up for grabs for him here. Uh, another good rankings belt for him in particular. Uh, looking forward to seeing Chevon Clark and Gamal Yafai back in action this weekend. Kieran Conway, Nico Leviars and Janaid Boston all make up this card in Nottingham this weekend. Any particular names there on the undercard that you are actually looking forward to seeing this weekend? Gary Cully I quite like, actually, to be fair. You know, I, th- I think he's, he's, he's a reasonably decent boxer. 
you know, and I think he carries power. You know, on the uh, Leewood undercard when Michael Conlon and Leewood fought, he fought Miguel Vasquez, a very, very washed up version of Vasquez, destroyed him in five rounds. But I actually thought he, he performed reasonably well that night because Vasquez obviously had had that uh, good fight against Lewis Ritson. And they're now talking about Gary Cully versus... Um, Oh God, the the name the name's escaping me. The IBO champion Maxi Hughes. Sorry, they're talking about Gary Cully versus Maxi Hughes. So that that'll be an interesting fight to, to just see what Gary's actually got there and and how he would actually perform against Maxi Hughes because I think he's obviously an Indian summer of his career, Maxi Hughes. And I think at the moment for me, Maxi Hughes can outbox Gary Cully quite handily. So I'm interested to see how Gary Cully performs. Yeah, I think he's another standout one on this card that I'm looking forward to at this stage of his career. But I've got to mention a few fights that are going on this weekend, as I always do at the Vale Sports Arena again in Cardiff. Joshua John versus Michael Ramabaletsa is happening. I thought this would be a really good fight for Joshua John, who is, is certainly looking to progress his career. Uh, a bit of a fan favourite over there in Cardiff at the moment. He's certainly one that I've been keeping an eye on quite recently. And then when we head over to America this weekend, there's a few names in action. There is a DAZN card going on with Luis Neri against Azat Hovhanizian. I think I've pronounced that right. Uh, Shea Mosley Jr. is fighting this weekend as well. Uh, then you've got other fighters going on this weekend across the board. Uh, interesting fights, interesting fighters. Evan Holyfield's another name that I haven't uh, just, just thrown out there recently as well. He's fighting again this weekend. So, you know, there is quite a few notable names. You'll remember them usually usually because of their fathers in Mosley and Holyfield. But it's always good to kind of follow those careers as well, just to sort of see whether or not they'll actually end up fighting one of our guys over here because I, I get the feeling it won't be too long before we start to see one of these guys actually get in the ring with one of our guys, which will be uh, which will be quite interesting. But I always say to everybody listening, Chris, like when Lukey comes on and does his stuff with ITR Boxing, you know, he does a lot of deep coverage on the US boxing scene. So I always tell our listeners to go and listen because, you know, what he does over there is, is, is really good in terms of being able to bring the US prospects out and educate some of us who are not overly educated on some of those prospects, which is really good. Uh, one final name that is fighting this weekend that I really wanted to mention, Felix Sturm. Felix Sturm, yes, that same Felix Sturm who Macklin, yeah. Matthew Macklin... Uh, had that controversial fight with, and also Martin Murray. He is fighting this weekend in Stuttgart. You would have thought Felix Sturm would have retired by now, wouldn't you, Chris? Yeah, God, uh, you know, I don't even know how long he would have started his career, maybe early 2000s. Obviously, we all remember him fighting Oscar De La Hoya, you know, and, and, and actually being really unfortunate not to get that decision. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's he's a really good guy, actually, Felix Stern, you know, because he actually took himself and started promoting himself, if, if you remember. And, you know, he actually made himself quite a lot of money fighting out of Germany, you know, um, Obviously, finished the career of Dazzling Darren Barker, you know, and, uh, you know, he's been multiple world champion. So a really, really decent fighter. And, yeah, he's he's not going to get a real test on, on Saturday night. He's fighting Altai, who's 15-2, and two, you know. But, you know, it, it's a funny one seeing him back again. You kind of think, do you need to come back again? You know, what are you actually fighting for? Is it glory? Is it money? 
you know, we'll, we'll see how he performs. But you know, he, he's actually been such a, a good champion in the time, and and I actually think he's a, a guy who is really really undervalued for what he actually brought to German boxing and what he actually brought to world boxing. He was a much better fighter than people gave him credit for. Absolutely. Well, Friday night, if you are at a loss as to what to do and you're not going anywhere and you've got no nights out planned, Friday night, there is a card from Frank Warren at the York Hall and Bethnal Green, headlined by David Adelaide, fighting for the vacant WBO European heavyweight title against Dimitro Bezus, who's 10-0 also, 10-0 versus 10-0. Interesting little step up for David Adelaide on that card. Mark Chamberlain, 11-0, fights Vario Lente, IBF European lightweight title on the line. Henry Turner. Turner, 9-0 fights this weekend. And then it is littered with prospects, including Royston Barney-Smith. You've got Adnan Mohamed, Carl Fayol, and the return to the ring of Chris Bork, one of Frank Warren's favourite fighters on the undercard. Been in some interesting fights over the past couple of years as well. Lost to Mark Leach in his last outing last year. And he's coming back to the ring for the first time since that point. So Friday night has got his fights, but for us it was all about Mauricio Lara coming to challenge Lee Wood for the WBA featherweight title this weekend. Very excited for this fight. Really looking forward to see how it plays out. And I'm sure, Chris, you'll probably be back with us uh, next week to react to how things play out and ultimately see what happens in that fight. But that's pretty much it for this episode guys thank you as always for listening to the episodes and thank you for sharing and retweeting and liking and doing all the necessaries across social media and subscribing to us across all the podcasting apps that are out there and i always say give the quick plugs to the big shows that we have out there at the moment and the biggest show out for us is the darker side of boxing episode five exploitation and murder the story of rick elvis parker and tim doc anderson is out at the moment so please make sure you've downloaded and heard that because we talk a lot about exploitation in this sport of boxing still happens today but my word, that was one hell of a story. So please make sure you do tune into that if you've not done so already. Episode 6 will be out on Monday. And it's in relation to a certain WBC light heavyweight champion. And I'm going to leave that at that for you guys to make a little bit of a guess as to who that might be that we're covering on next week's show. But for now, thank you for myself. Thank you, Chris, for coming on the show as always and supporting us. And a big thank you to everybody listening. And we'll see you next week for our reaction show. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.